0: Hey everyone, it's Kevin O'Connor. AKA Kevin O'Bomber, AKA Kevin O'Concert. Kevin. Wait a minute, you're not Chris Vernon. No, Kevin, sadly I'm not as cherubic or as raspy as Verno, but it is I, J Kyle Man. And folks, basketball has been and continues to be so very good. That's exactly why Kyle and I are hosting a brand new basketball show on a brand new podcast feed, The Ringers NBA Draft Show. We're gonna have you covered every week as we go in depth and deep dive in hopes of answering an ever important question in the NBA. Who's got next? Whether it's an international phenom like Victor Winbanyama or the G League Scoot Henderson, Four stars from overtime elite like Amen Thompson, as well as a full-blown swarm of talented prospects from the promising 2023 NBA draft class.
1: For sure, Kyle. And we're also
2: going to get into players from the college ranks because this is a loaded class for us to discuss prospects rising and falling. And we're going to revisit and redraft recent draft classes and get into how the league's evolution could help inform what's valuable in a prospect of the
0: future. This is a podcast for a fan of every team, whether you're losing and have high draft lottery odds or you're looking for sleepers later in the draft.
2: We're going to be covering everything in the months to come. So please make sure you follow and subscribe to the Ringer NBA Draft Show.
0: And hit us with those five-star ratings.
3: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house.
2: Welcome to the Rear Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by just Craig Horlbeck. DK is still sick from the Seahawks losing to the Panthers this week. So, Danny Kelly's not here. It's just Craig and I. How you doing, Craig?
4: I'm doing great. DK heard us on Sunday night and was like, you guys are too good together. I actually don't think I should come back. And we were like, we get it. Yeah. Our chemistry's undeniable.
2: So, it's just a duo now. So, it's all right. RIP to DK. I changed so my name to Danny, by the way. So. <laughs> I mean, Danny Horlbeck, it runs, it just slides off the tongue. We're going to go through our must-add players after week 14, and again, here's how this works. We're going to position by position, so running back, receiver, tight end, you know, the positions. We each give our number one guy we would add, and then if we pick the same player, we do a stupid trivia thing as a tiebreaker. It's like waivers, so we'll go through all the players we like. You'll get it. Not that complicated. No bye weeks. It's the fantasy playoffs, so you're either playing for playoffs or or avoiding a toilet bowl whatever. Hopefully coming first. Definitely hope you you don't come in last. Whatever. Obviously, everyone's in a must-win situations. No buys, but a lot of people are hurt. Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett, concussion protocol. The Ravens are down two quarterbacks. Debo has a high ankle sprain for the Niners. Tyree Kale was in and out on Sunday night. D.J. Moore has an ankle issue. I don't know what's up. There's a bunch of things going on, so we'll get to all those. Start at running back. Craig, you want the honors, or should I? You want to go first here? You can go first. So, if they're available, like the Zonovan Knight for the Jets is out there, I would go get him, but in our world, we're going to pretend like that guy's rostered. Among, like, the players who were, like, vaguely out there, I kind of feel good about ish, about two people, and then very not good about everyone else. I agree. Two and a half people. So, Jarek McKinnon for the Chiefs and Gus Edwards for the Ravens. I mean, I am just I can just be basic and go with Jarek McKinnon because he's, like, a top three running back over the last two weeks. So, I'll just go with Jarek McKinnon. But honestly, I'm between him and Gus Edwards for the Ravens.
4: I went with Gus because... I think he's more dependable, and I can count on his usage. Jarek McKinnon is kind of like the siren in the Greek myth. Like, he had a great game, but it doesn't necessarily make me think that there's any reason for that to happen again. It was like, I mean, you saw his one fifty-yard touchdown was Mahomes like underhanding a pass over a guy's head for it was a it was, you don't think that that that's sustainable. Touchdown? I don't think that's sustainable. Although Mahomes does that pretty much every third game, but I went with Gus. I mean, they're also playing the Texans next week, right? The Chiefs are playing the Texans, and McKinnon usually plays a lot more when the games Great are Great team. I mean,
2: the Texans almost beat the Cowboys. It's going to be a huge shootout, right, between the Chiefs and the Texans. Yeah, well,
4: I can't, I can't wait to see what the line is. Has <laughs> Vegas learned? Is the line going to be like 15 and a half still? I don't know.
2: What are you up to, Vegas? Wait, actually, we should check. So the bigger the line, the more we should be like, okay, this isn't going to happen. What is It's got to be, I mean, f- at 14? It is, oh, it is actually 14 on the nose. Yeah, so to your point, yeah, it's, it's obviously McKinnon's like sexier because you just, it, I feel like all the platforms automatically sort by most points last week and McKinnon's there. But the reason I'm on the fence is exactly what you said because on one hand, Gus is like the backup again to J.K. Dobbins. On the other hand...
4: But it's like 1A, 1B. It's not really backup. They're playing the Steelers who suck against Rundy.
2: The Ravens are playing the Browns this coming week. And the Browns' run defense sucks. Like, I know we keep saying that the Seahawks are like this awful run the Browns are probably the worst run defense in the NFL. Yes. And they're actually, I mean, it's not quite fantasy points, but expected points added, which is like the nerd good stat. Yeah. The Browns actually are one of the worst run defenses through 14 weeks of the last 20 years. Like in the 21st century, the Browns are bottom five run defense by EPA through this point of the season, which is kind of crazy. Also, the Ravens are on the third quarterback. What are they going to do? They have to run the ball. Like they literally have to give Gus Edwards 10 carries in this game.
4: Yeah, I agree. And I spoke earlier. I said they were playing the Steelers this week. They played the Steelers last week and they look good. And importantly, I think the goal here is the Ravens need to get back to, if they can, I think they want to do this. If everyone's healthy, they will go back to just the two-headed backfield of Edwards and Dobbins. They honestly almost split carries this week. Dobbins at 28, Edwards at 21. So if you can like maintain that split, Edwards is like not really a backup. He's like kind of in between starter and backup. What well, do you mean carries or Snaps. Snaps. Okay. I, know, I know that's not quite, you know, I know that doesn't mean the same thing, but like he was on the field for almost the same amount of time J.K. Dobbins was on the field. If he can be the 1B, I think it's valuable, especially on this Ravens team right now.
2: As you said, J.K. Dobbins keeps running like he's Greg Jennings in that Madden video. He just, every J.K. Dobbins run is kind of like, oh, so what happened to him saying, I'm not going to come back till I'm 100% healthy? He comes back and after the game, he's like, yeah, I'm not really myself yet. I'm like, okay, so why did you come back? I don't know. Everything J.K. Dobbins has said this entire
4: year has just been incorrect.
2: Well all right, I'm going to I'm carrying out. I honestly I wanted Gus Edwards and then I was a little scared that you were going to get take McKinnon and I was going to regret it, but now it's the opposite. I took McKinnon and I want Gus Edwards, so I'm changing my name. I want I want Gus so, Edwards. No. You want Gus Edwards? Okay, we'll do trivia But time I then. think it's Forgot. It's important to note because I think if you're actually talking about I have to play this person this week. Like I'm putting this person in my fantasy lineup. I feel better about mm-hmm. Gus Edwards getting like a dozen carries against the worst run defense in the league. Like I just I would rather do that and be like I'm going to get at least 8 points.
4: At the very least, it's nice to know that the running back you're starting could get like a goal line snap at the one. That's not gonna be McKinnon.
2: <laughs> yes. So, all right, so we'll we'll fight over Gus Edwards, and I'm excited for Jerick McKinnon to just be the number one running back again. All right, so is it the Gus Edwards showdown time?
4: It's so much more depressing that it's just you and I now. Uh it is the Gus Edwards showdown time. When it's just two people on Zoom putting their hands up, it doesn't I feel really hard.
2: stupid now that it's just just me. All right, so in jazz, hands well, so now it's really that's really easy for me to cheat. Uh, <laughs> this is from Alec. Alec. That was really underwhelming. Can
4: we get like an Alec? Like, Alec. Yeah. And that's like when the, like, the stand-up comes out and he's like, at an open mic and he's like, how's everybody doing tonight? And then like three people clap. And he's like, I said, how's everybody doing tonight? Nobody likes that guy, but that was you right there.
2: Well, you're stuck with me now. All right, Alex says, I started cracking up today on my commute when at the end of Tuesday's episode, Craig said he would kill to look like Richard Gere in American Gigolo. So the question is, how many times has Richard Gere died in movies? Oh, wow. Interesting question. Well, I
4: haven't seen that many Richard Gere movies and I don't think I've ever seen him die in one. Um, Do you want to just say it out loud or should we still do the texting? I'm texting you. Okay, hold on. Should we do it in the text with DK just so he can see random numbers come in and get confused? In his flu state. Oh, yeah,
2: that's, that's actually pretty funny, yeah. That's actually pretty okay. good. All right, three, two, one. All right, okay. I said three, and you said six, and the answer is 12. Wow. That man's been active. He's died in 12 movies? Been, all right, well, fine, you get Gus Edwards after all. All right, so I guess I get Jared nice. McKinnon. Well, nice. there we go. Again, yeah, I don't love the Jared McKinnon thing. It's just like he scored a lot of points, and I guess you should add that person now, because Clyde, Clyde's on IR, and they're using him. If those guys are gone, though, it's tougher.
4: Yeah, I said there was two and a half guys I liked, because it was Edwards, it was McKinnon, and then the half was Chuba Hubbard, who, again, like Gus Edwards, is not really the starter at running back, but gets a lot of carries because the Panthers run the shit out of the ball. He had 17 carries last week, and they are playing the Steelers this week, who got gassed by Dobbins and, and Edwards. So uh, Chuba's actually getting a lot of work for a guy who's not the starter, so I, I, I don't think that's the worst option either.
2: Yeah, it's true. I feel weird about Chuba because he had the touchdown this week, but I feel like... I Didn't Deontay Foreman get, like, the three goal line carries? And then Chuba got, like, the fourth, and he's the one who punched it in?
4: Chuba had 14 carries this week and 17 last week. Like, it's hard to argue with
0: that.
2: It's fine. I feel like all the guys out there are kind of the same thing. It's like, we're hoping that they turn, like, 10-ish carries into a touchdown, and it's like, you could say that, but Chuba... Tyler Algier for the Falcons is coming back, and like you know, the Falcons are back off by. They're playing the Saints, which isn't ideal, but like it's still like a rookie coming off the bye and like they have Desmond Ritter quarterback. It's all very risky, but like maybe Algiers like gets more playing time at them. Chuba's there. And then the other one, (sighs) interested in is the wrong term, but I kind of think Jordan Mason will be palatable for the 49ers because this week, the Niners are the team playing the Seahawks. And like every you always want the running backs against the Seahawks. He had 11 carries for 52 yards for the Niners this week. Obviously, Niners are up like 35 to nothing, so who cares? It's garbage time. But the Niners are playing on Thursday. They're playing the Seahawks, and they're going to run. And then also Brock Purdy, a.k.a. Dwayne the Brock Johnson, a.k.a. Brock Choi, a.k.a. Brock Don Strock,
4: A.k.a. Brock Adele
2: Dundee. Brock Obama. He got an MRI on his elite. Brock
4: robots. Sorry.
2: (laughs) Newt Brock. eh? But the point is, they're going to have to run a lot. But here's the thing: I feel like because McCaffrey has this patellar tendonitis, which they keep calling knee soreness, which is so freaking ominous. The point being, like, they were like, "There's no treatment; you just have to rest it a lot during the week, and then he just plays on Sundays." So like in a four days rest, they're gonna have to rotate him a lot, and that's kind of like Jordan Mason's gonna get a dozen carries. The problem is, it's like Thursday, and you play your worst guy on Thursday, and then you never find out if your players who are questionable are gonna play. So it's like, yep. I feel yep. like he'll be good, but it's also useless information. So I don't even know if that helps anyone. So I guess yeah, Chuba yeah. and then Jordan Mason, Tyler Algier is out there, and then Travis Homer. Except he's like Jordan Mason in all the unhelpful ways because he's on Thursday, but none of the cool ways because he's playing the Niners, so he's kind of useless. I would not start him. No, yeah, no. It, there's other wings like all these injuries that are unclear. Like the tech, Damian Pierce hurt his ankle at the end. You know, do you really want like Eno Benjamin for the no. Texans or Rex Burkett or Dario Gumbawala? You don't want those people in the playoffs against the Chiefs. Worst. No. Yeah, that's the yeah exactly. Going to go to the the toilet bowl, hoping that Eno Benjamin saves you, that seems like a bad idea. If Jeff Wilson's hurt, like, you know, Salvin Ahmed for the Dolphins, like, that just doesn't sound fun. No. Saquon's out. Gary Brightwell will not save you. So, meh. However, I think there's a lot of really good receivers.
4: I agree. I had trouble picking my number one. There's a lot of options.
2: Who is your number one receiver entering
4: Well, my Well, there's kind 15. of a caveat. If if Corey Davis, Jets, the Jets rod receiver, misses this week, so he's in concussion protocol. If he were to not play this week, I think Elijah Moore would be my first pick.
2: I think that's really fair. I had Elijah on those. Do you know in Judaism, a Passover, Jews we uh, we leave like a like a glass of wine on the table and some people eat like bread or whatever and you crack the door in case Elijah comes on Passover. Like the idea is you leave the door open for like the stranger like you know the idea that you know someone could come in. So, I'm just saying Elijah Okay. You want to leave the door open in case they show up really late. Interesting. When does Hanukkah start this year? Uh I think it's in a week. It actually overlaps with Christmas this year. Interesting. I'm just saying Elijah late in the season. No, but, it, but I think you're actually right with the Corey Davis thing because they're playing Detroit and it's like if it's just Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore versus the Lions and Conklin. Also I hope Mike White's alive because Mike White was literally hospitalized because of how hard he kept getting hit by the Bills. If Zach Wilson plays, all this is off and I don't want any of these people. But if it's even Joe Flacco or mike white like i think elijah moore instead of court davis would be great
4: zach wilson not being the backup to mike white is
2: is a tough beat it's so weird so i I, it's so funny to think that these teams like they have 33 quarterbacks but they only have two active on game days they're gonna have to change this rule yes because now that they have which is a good thing the automatic like they're being more stringent about enforcing like oh you might have had a head injury come off all right cool like there were two games this week where it's like a quarterback comes out really early in the game or Jimmy, you know, hurt his foot like last week really early. You can't put teams in a position where it's like, hey, the quarterback has a, the backup has a concussion. Uh, you're screwed. It, but if you think about explaining this to an alien. Yeah, so they actually have a third quarterback, um, but he can't play. Like, oh, yes, yeah, he like not here. No, no, he's like right there on the sideline with everyone else. But, you know, he's not allowed to enter the game. It's just really odd. Like, just let them have three quarterbacks. It's so strange to me.
4: I very much agree. I I don't care about how many the fifty-two man roster, whatever it is. Just allow every team to have as many quarterbacks as they want at their disposal. Who who wants to watch a running back play quarterback for an entire game? Which is what they always <laughs> just
2: do. Kendall Hinton. It's so ridiculous. Anyway, I think Moore is there. I I I, I kind of think I'm going to take DJ Chark though for the Lions because yeah, he was my second guy. Yeah. The it's the Lions' offense is awesome. DJ Shark's looked really good, and it's like a Monra is the underneath Cooper Cup, but DJ Chark is just this like big, explosive player in this offense that's balling. And I know they're playing the Jets, and the Jets' defense is a lot better than the Vikings. I don't care. DJ Shark just feels it, you just don't get this a lot. Here's like a really good player um, with actual, honest to God talent on like this high flying offense, and you're like, oh wow, what a revelation to just get this person on waivers. So I I think he's fantastic option.
4: I'm really happy for DJ Chark. I never sold my stock. I've always thought he was good. I bet on him last year on the Jags. He'd completely flamed out, but I'm happy for him. This year, when he's basically finished the game healthy, when he's played over 80% of the snaps, he's either scored a touchdown or had over 90 yards in every one of those games. He's, like, legitimately been very valuable in fantasy when he's healthy.
2: Did you see him get the game ball after the Jaguars game? When they beat the no. Jags, it was really nice. That's cool. It's cute. Oh, it was really nice. They were, like, you know... he. They gave him the game ball and he was like, thanks guys, it's like I'm in a brotherhood here. And it was very Lions, like they're manly, but they cry. It was great. Right on the Dan Campbell brand.
4: The game ball in general as an idea is like a very sweet, wholesome idea that I'm happy still exists.
2: You know what? I actually have always thought that the two stats that are the most important that are just not tracked are team captains and game balls. It's just amazing yeah. to me that those aren't tracked widely. Like I, I, when a team loses a captain, Especially on like the Giants lost their safety Xavier McKinney because he broke his hand atv on the bye week, and I'm like, dude, that's the Green Dot guy. It's the cat. It's a big deal, anyway. All right? No, no, no one cares about that. So I said DJ Shark. You can take Elijah Moore. I'm curious. I think there's a lot of good options. The other ones I had were Jahan Dotson, the rookie for Washington, yep. and then Alec Pierce, the rookie for the Colts. DK always loves some of the rookie receivers like later later in the season, but they're both coming off buys and they both have been looking better. I don't know. I think either of them are actually really solid.
4: I had them also every week you can toss out DK's least favorite player in the league. Matt Collins is serviceable. And then, dare I say, dare I say, you can shoot this down. It's like Anchorman. What does he say? I'm going to put it out there. If you don't like it, just send it right back. Ben Skoranek
2: with Baker Mayfield? Stop it. Okay. Stop right. it. Stop it. I'm setting it back. You know why? Are you doing this because Baker threw one big pass to him? Well, I
4: mean, Skoranek had 90 yards and seven catches, but they're on the road in Green Bay, so it's going to be like 10 degrees with Baker. I don't love that. If they were at home, I would think differently, but on the road in Green Bay, I can't do it. I can't do that in good faith.
2: What was so funny about that Raiders-Rams comeback with Baker was that Baker kind of showed up and obviously he was playing on 48 hours notice. He was like the new kid at school who walks into the cafeteria and has no idea of the social dynamics and he just sits down. He's like, oh, Ben Skoranek, you're big, 6'3". I'll just toss it up to you. And everyone is like, he's like our fullback, you don't. Know? And he's like, no, no, go up, go up, get the ball, man. It's fine. It's just like, Why? like this is crazy. I'm like, that's petty. But you can't, like, if you lose because you have Ben Skoranek, you think about that for months, years.
4: Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, he's becoming the Rams' Taysom Hill, though. So perhaps next year, <laughs> Ben Skoranek is going to be the Swiss Army knife of the West Coast.
2: I think he's like two ACL tears in six years from being the Taysom Hill.
4: There's a couple injured guys to keep an eye on. Richie James on the Giants is in concussion protocol. If he plays, he's kind of the only Giants receiver who makes any noise. Kendall Hinton left the game with a hamstring injury. You're probably not starting him anyway. And then I wanted to point out, if you're on buy, if you're one of the fuckers who is in first or second in your league, we're going to help the rich get richer here. I would say look on stashing a few guys. Like, if you're, if you're really doing well and you have an empty spot in your roster, you could try adding a Jamison Williams. If he could come on really late down the stretch, and also you're going to hate this, Kadarius Tony has now dipped below forty percent rostership in Yahoo. Oh my God! Yeah, I'm sure. just saying yeah,
2: if, you're admit- bye, if you're on
4: buy, if you're on buy, you can you have two weeks from now until you play again. He was limited in practice already last week. He probably could have played this week. They said, but they're trying to make him actually healthy for the playoffs. So by by two weeks from now, Kadarius Tony could be the healthiest he's been all season and actually a part of the Chiefs' offense. Just saying, if you're in first place in your league.
2: Let me try to be objective about this and go in reverse order. Kadarius Toney, who being objective, faked having his hamstring injury into the end zone for celebration, mocking the existence of his hamstring injury and has not played since due to hamstring injuries, if I have that correctly.
4: It was a good bit. A deniably good bit in the moment.
2: Dare I say too good? Uh <laughs> I will admit that if you have an IR spot and you want to throw Tony in the IR spot that you could just toss him in there and like hold him because if he plays maybe he could be really good. I admit Well, he's not on IR. You can't do that. I don't know. Some leagues now let you do the out onto IR which is like, I don't know when that started. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Whatever. You can add him if you want. I will say, I doubt you'll be turning to him but I think you're right in that if you have a buy, I think that you want players that there's a, in the 10, 20% chance that they're incredible this week on your bench, then you could maybe turn him the week after. Kadarius Tony is in that group, and Jamison Williams. The Lions is Jamison Williams again, first round pick. He's incredible. He's really fast. He, he has played like twenty snaps this season, so like you can't play him yet. Like a kind of loves Jamison Williams. Realistically, he had a cat. He had a touchdown. Like one catch for a touchdown, but like he just wasn't covered. Like it was literally like thirty yards around him. No one was there. So you're not going to play him yet. But if they start playing him, you know, forty snaps a game, then yeah, you could you could maybe turn to Jamison Williams. And then also in that group is honestly Trent Sherfield for the Dolphins because whatever's up with Tyree Kill, the Dolphins really just throw to Hill and Waddle, but it's like Tyree Kill was out. Trent Sherfield like, I don't know what the hell that would be. I'm not saying play him, but like he's in that group. But if you need people for like this week, I also just want to throw out Terrace Marshall for the Panthers because DJ Moore has his ankle injury. I don't know when this came up, but like, I guess it was late in that Panthers game, but Terrace Marshall maybe just is the number one receiver for the Panthers this week and they're playing the Steelers. I don't know. so. And then, you know, there's Paris Campbell and stuff. But I think those among those names, it's not terrible if you're in a pinch.
4: What happened to Cedric Wilson on the Dolphins? He got like a legitimate contract to leave Dallas. And he go got a catch he's just not.
2: in this game. Cedric Wilson got a catch in this game this week uh, from the, they were playing the Chargers. And I saw Dolphins fans say, I forgot he was on the team until that catch.
4: Like what happened with that? He got a real contract. Like he's getting paid more than Trent Shurfield and he's just irrelevant
2: on the team. I think that this is actually a good note for next year. The thing about NFL free agency is that it's so frantic that it's similar actually to the Dolphins with Chase Edmonds where we're always like, well, they paid this player this much. Yeah, but like they're making these decisions in like 40 minutes and they don't get to visit with any of them or anything. So like sometimes they're like, yeah, that guy will fit. And then they show up like they might know in three weeks. Yeah, this guy's not going to fit. But you know what I mean? But they can't do anything about it because – the speed of NFL free agency. It's like they're making these crazy huge decisions really quickly that sometimes you just, it's just like Chase Edmonds, was just not a right fit for Mike McDaniel's scheme. And then it cut bait two months into the game. It just happens sometimes.
4: Yeah, you're right. NFL coaches and GMs are actually kind of like okay with the sunk cost. They're they're willing to just admit, all right, this was a miss. We're going to play our best players regardless of who's getting paid the most. Kenny Galladay, perfect example.
2: It's so funny the way free agency works where it's like, if the if you're one of those free agents who actually does take visits to a building, they literally talk about it the same way you talk about like getting an apartment or a house where they're like, you know, uh, I remember like when Josh Norman went to Washington, it was always like, you know, he, he wants to stay on the East Coast, we can't let him out of the building. Like we can't, we don't want him to go visit New Orleans. We don't want we're gonna get him to sign here. And I'm like, wow, that's like you're visiting an apartment, you're like, let me just sign. I don't want you to do any of their tours. Give me it right now. I d closing. I'm like, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's Like, like no. car salesmen. Yeah, it's just absolutely frantic. Don't let him out. All right. Those are all the receivers. We're going to get to tight ends in a second, but first, rookie mistake. Maybe you just need a Snickers. Snickers, official chocolate bar sponsor of the NFL. Check out snickers.com slash rookie mistake. Sometimes you're out of sorts and you make a mistake that could have been avoided. If you just had a Snickers, let me tell you, I made a rookie mistake this week. I was plotting in the Ringer Fantasy Football League about how to strategize. I had clinched a playoff spot. and I was like, let me maximize my position For the fantasy playoffs. Let me see if I can add some defenses that'll dominate. So I'm gonna add a defense. Let me just, you know, I just gotta cut someone to make room for this epic defense, someone useless from my roster. So I cut Evan Ingram from my roster like Saturday morning. And, (laughs) And I think if I had kept Evan Ingram, the amount of points he got me would have actually given me a first round buy.
4: Let me ask you a question. Had you eaten
2: when you made that decision? I'm so glad you asked, Kirk. I had not. Therein might be the problem. Is a rookie mistake? Maybe you just need a Snickers. Snickers, the official chocolate bar sponsor of the NFL. Check out snickers.com slash rookie mistake. All right, let's get to tight ends here. If, for, you know, whatever reason, I mean, maybe. Evan is available. I don't know who would put him on waivers before this week, but <laughs> obviously had 40 points, so, you know, number one score on the week. Uh, did you, Would you have Evan Ingram first?
4: Well, he was—he doesn't qualify, but if he did, yes. He's not below 40%. I, I don't believe. No, I, just, I
2: don't know. Some some leagues, he's around. That's right.
4: In the Ringer Fantasy Sometimes. Football League, he is available, I heard. So, yes, I would take him.
2: Quite Although, the you know what?
4: He's kind of like Jarek McKinnon. My hot take is would be like Evan Ingram's going to have two points next week.
2: I, I was going <laughs> to say, it's so, both so stupid if you have Evan Ingram to not play him. And on the other hand, do you? I don't think he's do more to likely
4: to have a good game next week because of last week. It's like That's flipping a coin. It doesn't, you know, previous weeks don't affect future weeks. He got struck by
2: lightning. And I'm like, well, tough, but like, <laughs> yes. I think that spot's fine. Like, you know what I mean?
4: It's
2: okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. So in that case, do you have Chigo Conquo for the Titans?
4: I had him second. I had Tyler Conklin
2: first. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. I Same thing. Again, is. this is
4: only contingent on Corey Davis not playing. If Corey Davis doesn't play, I would do Conklin. If Corey Davis does play, I would go Chig. Who well, I love, by the way. This I freaking love this guy. This guy's awesome. Every time he catches a pass, it's like a 30-yard touchdown.
2: He's like a breath of fresh air. I can't decide if he's really good or just new. And it's just like the eternal like spring of hope. Is he really good or is he problems. just playing
4: opposite Austin Hooper? You know, Who's to say? Your
2: middle school nemesis. Right. Austin Hooper. You just want to see him fail. And I have. <laughs> Let me know when you catch a pass in the Super Bowl. Uh, no, but Okonkwo, it's just like when Trillin Burks is out, it's so clearly like he's the only guy on their team other than Derrick Henry that can, like has juice. Like, you know, apologies to Bobby Trees, but Okonkwo is just the only person that they give him the ball four times. I'm like, all right, he gets 60 yards every time.
4: Yeah, there's, there's very few tight ends who can catch screen passes and turn them into like 30, 40-yard gains, and he's one of them.
2: I do continue to ask why Derek Henry doesn't just catch screens, although he is starting to fumble on all of his screens, I will say. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and then, yeah, Tyler Conklin, it's the same deal. It's just they're playing Detroit. Although, Wilson, not just Corey Davis, it's like, obviously, Mike White has to play. Like, Zach Wilson, True, all of that, these guys, yeah. yes, this is Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is like the Fed. So,
4: <laughs> then, because there's so many injuries up in the air for Conklin, I, I will, I'll give it to Chig, so we can, we can showdown over Chig, because we didn't showdown for wide receivers.
2: The Conquo
4: Showdown Time. This is the coolest name we've done so far. The Conquo Showdown Time. Can I go 2-0? Oh? It's
2: from Jeff. Jeff. We were talking the other day about how um, there was a dumb argument between friends about whether a highway is freeway or whatever. And Jeff says, I'm a transportation engineer. Freeway is a type of highway, specifically referring to having either a raised or depressed median or a concrete barrier to separate the travel directions of traffic. Oh, I see. Yeah, right, it makes sense. So with that said, how wide is a typical lane on an interstate in feet? Wow. Um, it's real different than like, how many bees are there in the world?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> see,
4: we should know this one. Yes, yeah, like, uh, how much how honey many does the average hive lane? make in a year? I don't know. Uh, it, okay, how wide is the average the lane?
2: I have I'm, I have my answer written down. Whenever you're ready. Okay.
4: God, I I feel like I'm gonna get this kind of wrong, but I'm like trying. I'm literally just thinking about sitting in a car driving on a highway. I'm like, how wide is this lane?
2: I'm literally imagining myself like splayed from like my feet at one window of my car and my arm like my head to the other, and I'm like, how many of me would fit my car and how many cars fit in lane? Okay, I'm ready. Three, two, one. I think. Oh! I said ten feet. He's Craig says twelve. The answer is motherfucker. It's exactly 12 feet. Let's go. Wow. Damn. Exactly 12 feet. I pictured
4: myself laying across it. And I was like, cause I honestly, my first thought was 10 and I was like, yeah, I'm like six, two. But if I had two feet in front of, uh, on my, on top of me and behind me, that's, I was like, I don't think that covers a whole
2: road. You know? Anyone over six feet will just do any excuse to tell you that they're over six feet tall.
4: It's like people who go to Ivy leagues. It's like the end of white Lotus. We finally found out they went to Yale.
2: No, that DK's not here. Should we just talk about the end of White Lotus?
3: The the only reason why
4: I say no is that, I mean, it just came out like 12 hours ago. Might be spoiling it for a lot of people.
2: Maybe. All right. So you get Chigo Conquo. I get Tyler Conklin. Where would you take Evan Ingram with those guys if Ingram was out there, though? I know he just scored 40 points, but like that doesn't mean you have to play Evan Ingram. Should you just play Evan Ingram or not?
4: I know. Uh,
2: To be honest, (laughs) it's insane.
4: Are they playing? Are they playing? playing are we Dallas. stupid
2: for not playing Evan Ingram, or is it more like, well, roulette was seventeen on the last one, so I should bet seventeen again? Is that what we're doing with playing Evan Ingram?
4: I think I'm overthinking it. I'm trying to get cute and and play like the I'm not the layman. I'm gonna outsmart the system. But no, I would I would play Evan Ingram
2: probably if all those guys are unavailable. I would probably look at Kate Otten, the Bucks who played the Niners last week and he didn't really do anything. But it's because the Niners he's really good he's playing the Bucks this the the Bengals this week. Kate is not terrible. And honestly, none of those dudes are available. I would just roll the dice with Taysom Hill out of the bye. I swear to God. There's a line every week where I'm like, at this point, I would just play Taysom Hill because he has a better chance of getting a touchdown than these other dudes. And they had a week, extra week to come up with a That's touchdown fair. for him. So.
3: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house.
2: quarterbacks dude just stick with who you got man like I don't know what to say like if you got Lamar you already have a replacement if you have if you're relying on Russ I don't know what to tell you
4: if you had Lamar and you added somebody like I don't know Tyler Huntley Tyler Huntley and they sucked and you want to get a different person I mean like people like if Jared Goff is obviously available you should get him but I guess it's really only Lamar people who could be stressing right now right
2: it's got, you know, if Goff Lawrence, that's obvious, but they're probably taking like uh, Brock Purdy. Honestly, Mike White, it's like if his ribs aren't cracked or playing the Lions, like you could do a lot worse than just hoping, you know, the Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, you know, comes over for Passover. So, uh, but to tell you the truth, it's like I whoever you have on your roster is probably better than these people. Honestly, it's if if Derek Carr is your replacement for Lamar, yeah, maybe look at Brock Purdy or Mike White. Daniel Jones playing Washington? I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's, he's someone has Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones is out you there, think- absolutely. Yeah. Go with Daniel Jones. Yeah. Well, it's, we'll see. If, yeah. Daniel Jones, that's, that's the short list. Yeah. I would certainly not want yeah. Derek Carr with his five points he had. And now Josh McDaniels is playing Bill Belichick. I have no interest in Derek Carr. If Derek Carr is 400 yards and four touchdowns against the Patriots, sure. But like, I can't in good faith recommend Derek Carr. But otherwise, it's like whoever you have is probably the answer. Defensively, yeah. different story. A lot of defenses. I'm going to give a bunch. Some of them are definitely available. Uh, pretty fertile week for defenses. Arizona. There's a great one. The Cardinals are playing the Broncos, and Brett Rippon is probably going to be the quarterback for the Broncos. And Whether it's Russell Wilson or Brett Rippon, it doesn't matter. Like, the Broncos. Offense. I was
4: going to say, is, are they, is it a worse matchup or a better matchup with Brett Rippon? I can't tell.
2: I actually don't know. I actually don't know. But either way, you're, <laughs> Cardinals versus the Broncos. We're doing this before Monday Night football. Maybe Mac Jones throws five touchdowns tonight and makes this void. But. I kind of think the Cardinals are a good matchup for the um, Broncos next week. The Browns, dude. We're talking about the Browns' run D. I know it's bad, but like, dude, still, the Ravens, are they going to have a third-string quarterback? I mean, I I still think overall the Browns' defense could be pretty good against the third-string quarterback for the Ravens. The Panthers' defense against the Steelers, if Mitchell Trubisky is the quarterback, the Steelers with Trubisky were so horrible, disgusting, as DK would say, appalling. And then the flip side, Steelers' defense against the Panthers, man. Sure.
4: Yeah. That game's probably going to be really ugly. Trubisky's so annoying because he actually was taking more shots than Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett hasn't thrown like a pick in like four games. So I kind of got used to the Steelers offense just plodding down the field. Trubisky comes in, throws two like 30 yard passes after one another and then a pick. And that happened on like three of the next four drives as he marches into the red zone and throws a pick. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is why I like Kenny Pickett because he doesn't do that.
2: I think Roger Sherman pointed out that the only quarterbacks to throw three picks in relief this year are Kenny Pickett in relief of Trubisky and Trubisky in relief of Kenny Pickett. So, <laughs> yeah, Panthers D, baby. Uh, well, it's a lot worse
4: for Trubisky having been in the league for five years.
2: And then again, Steelers D against Sam Darnold. Uh, that's, I mean, dude, that's pretty solid. The Bengals defense against the Bucks, dude, if you've watched the Bucks, obviously, like, I mean, again, another one, just appalling, appalling offense from the Bucks. So I think the Bengals are pretty good. Dude, the Washington defense against the Giants, man, I, it's, it's one, one, they're just more talented, obviously so what the Eagles did, but this is such a strange situation. The Washington defense is like just straight up more talented than the Giants players at more or less almost every spot. And then you've got, they had literally played the team and they have had two weeks to just prep for this team I'm a little nervous. So, like, a lot could happen. I mean, I you know, there's all st- kinds of stuff on film that they could find. I don't know. Honestly, the Giants' biggest advantage is they have so many injuries, maybe they don't have any tells. I don't know. But the Washington defense is a good one. And then the Packers playing the Rams. I mean, I know the Rams won, but, like, dude, just because Baker's been there for 10 days doesn't mean the Rams' offense isn't going to suck. Like, if I, 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 I wouldn't get a, caught in the, the magic. It's just the Raiders were really dumb on defense. Like, I think the Packers versus the Rams and Baker is still really good. So, there's a lot of defenses that I think are really
4: solid. All-time recency bias here for the Baker thing. We all know Baker too well. Nobody should get tricked by this Baker thing. What's more likely? Baker has 200 yards and two touchdowns in Green Bay, or he has four picks and 106 yards.
2: Give me three picks. And yeah, absolutely. I, well, it's just, I, I, yeah, <laughs> if anything, the irrationally confident Baker, I, I just, we never get to talk about that game, but if you just watch that final touchdown he threw to go up, there are 10 Raiders within five yards of the line of scrimmage with 16 seconds left and no timeouts. Like, straight up. It looks like it's fourth and one. It's it's unbelievable. Also, that game, there was like a dream-like quality. It literally was like, yeah, like had this dream where like Baker was on the Rams, but he had to go from the airport right to the game, and then he just did the Tom Brady comeback that happened three days ago. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't sound like real life.
4: No, they like Uber eats him and played him at quarterback. <laughs> I don't know what year we're in because Sam Darnold is looking frisky. Baker Mayfield's looking frisky. All the backup quarterbacks on, on the Panthers that they tried to get are, are, are now looking all right. Like, I have to give it to Baker. On that drive alone, he was throwing
2: dimes. Well, again, you know my theory. My theory is that we always wonder, like, oh, Baker, what a fail. Darnold, what a fail. Meanwhile, it's like, Baker, six offenses in eight years between transferring college, at Hugh Jackson, Freddie Kitchens. And then there was, I forget the, and then Stefanski. And he just, and then, oh, and then uh, you had to learn the uh, the Ben McAdoo offense of the Panthers. So it's just like, okay, cool. Learn five offenses in five years. And Darnold just mentored by Adam Gase. And we're like, why aren't these guys good? I don't know. And also, Zach Wilson comes back, the Detroit defense is live. I'm like, Oh, yeah. Don't care how bad they've been. I recommend them last week. If the Chiefs are out there, go get the Chiefs. They're probably not, but they're playing Houston. So, yeah, there's a lot of defenses. So, good luck. Mazel tov for everyone in the playoffs. Um, hopefully Elijah shows up this year although maybe now that I think about that metaphor the hope Elijah never comes it's kind of like a huge theme oh well, well that's disheartening I hope those people who listen to the receiver part listen this far
4: they just heard <laughs> Elijah Moore and immediately turned off their phone Randy Yahoo are
2: right, you wanting to do some emails yeah alright Sunday show we talked about how we need to give Tony Pollard a nickname we got a lot of emails we got a good one that said he, we should call him Hannibal because one we've been talking about Anthony Hopkins and also because Annabelle Lecter, on screen for 18 minutes, but it's legendary and maybe Oscar-worthy. That
4: is very funny. That's also like uh, Marlon Brando, Godfather. He got the best actor
2: He's barely on screen. Tony Pollard doesn't know the plays. They're like written on Dak Prescott's chest. Jon Snow, because Prince Who Was Promised, but Jerry Jones treats Tony Pollard like he's a bastard. And then the one I kind of <laughs> like, just straight up, Manu Ginobili. is from Evan. A lot of people said in Manu, because he's like their second best player, but he comes off the bench, and no one really knows why, but they're cool with it and it works.
4: That's good. I like that. Just call him Manu Ginobili straight up. I mean, Manu Ginobili's... I don't know if he's a Hall just of Famer. Tony yet. He Ginobili? might be a Hall of Famer.
2: Yeah. Tony's, Tony Ginobili? Hannibal Lecter's funnier, but like, there's the Texas thing, too. I like Manu. I mean, you know, Dallas has their own NBA team. Yeah, that's good. I like Manu. Also, speaking of Pollard, we got an email from Kelsey. We're talking about how Tony Pollard went to Memphis, and then mm-hmm. we were just talking about Memphis, and we got a long interview from Kelsey about Memphis, and it'd be great. And then she also says, completely unrelated to Tony Pollard, the bubble bowl scene in SpongeBob where they sing Sweet Victory opens in the Liberty Bowl, which is the home stadium of the Memphis Tigers. And they have the logo for the Memphis Showboats in the end zones, but that's in the Liberty Bowl.
4: You know, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because Memphis and, you know, the state of Tennessee is landlocked. So that's quite the travel for our friends under the sea there to get to that stadium. You think you they'd be playing pickings? in Florida. You're picking nits? I'm picking nits. Why aren't they playing in Miami? LA, San Diego. They're going to Tennessee? Squilliam and, and, and Co.? Come on. How does Squilliam have a gig in Tennessee? Doesn't make any sense. Sandy? Does Sandy have connections? I don't know. Sandy's from Texas.
2: Well, I mean, maybe it's in the future and that's actually coastal waters now.
4: Oh, yeah? You think it's like an environmental thing? It's like a yeah, commentary? levels. Yeah. On the coastlines.
2: Oh, it's disappearing. Exactly. Water from property. Dude, nobody
4: talks about how good the music is in SpongeBob. Goofy Goober Rock from the movie. Sweet Victory. It's unbelievable. That's a real song, though. But SpongeBob destroys music. Uh, I Want to Go Home, the Texas song Sandy sings. Really top of the line stuff. I'd like to know who's their music supervisor and who kind of organizes all that. They do a great job.
2: Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if you have SpongeBob Music Takes. All right, Fantasy Court. Ooh, we, we have one? Yeah, we, got, we actually have two. But well, I'm going to save one for DK because it involves like home renovation and we can't do that without DK. Right. Um, we do have one where young people decide the fate of an old person, which mm. kind of seems fit. Uh, it's from John. John. The trade deadline for my Fantasy League expired today at noon and everyone in the league is between the ages of 26 and 33, except for Thomas. Thomas is in his late 60s and is our commissioner's old boss. Oh my God. not active in the league slack you know, because he's in his late 60s and he's a grandfather and is actually busy. But he sets his lineup every week. He bids for players on the waiver wire, et cetera, et cetera. An offer was sent him through the ESPN app and ignored because he didn't see it. And a Slack was sent to him, ignored because he didn't see it. And today he was contacted via text message and he accepted the trade after the deadline. Do we allow an exception for the old man or deny it because we were all busy?
4: You don't allow the trade to go through. Also, it's not like he sent the trade. Somebody sent him a trade. So the person, whoever the person is, on the other end of this trade, clearly wants it to get pushed through because they think they're getting a good deal. Thomas here is just on the other end of the phone, like like he responded to the trade too late, so that's the way it is.
2: Yeah, you know what? Now that you say it, I think it's like their fault for slacking someone who's like sixty eight years old.
4: Yeah, like the whole point, the whole lead up to this email is like he never responds, but he does do waiver claims. It's hard to reach him though. Call that man. You know what? See, we, know, pr- we can't even slack Bill. And he's like 52 or whatever. Thomas would probably appreciate a nice phone call to talk trades on a Sunday morning. So. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. You learned a valuable lesson.
2: <laughs> yeah, don't slack. Is this ageism? I mean, obviously, by definition, it's ageism. But also, it seems mildly correct. Like, text someone of that age. Don't slack them.
4: It is really funny, the the disconnect here, that they tried, like, every possible medium to reach Thomas. And, of course you know, we, you wouldn't even think to give him like a phone call or text him.
2: <laughs> all right, yeah. Trade does not go through. Uh, Sorry, John. Also, shout out Thomas. Yeah. Being in the league. Hope you win, Thomas. We got so many people emailed us also dumb arguments that they had with their friends and just like all the dumb arguments and I just wanted to throw a few at you what they were arguing. All these people were sent like these long things of just like, we spent hours on this. Thank you to everyone who emailed us in. I, I, it was incredible. Um, we got one from Jesse. Um, all these were like multi hour arguments with their friends, that some of which have spanned years. Are submarines underwater or are they in the water? Wow. <laughs> that was, that was so Can you even be underwater? <laughs> That's so stupid, but then you think about it and you're like, well, well, you, know, well, you put it like that.
4: That's like, technically, yes.
2: Yeah. Could you beat a coyote mm-hmm. in a fight? I think absolutely. I'm so confident I could beat a coyote in a fight. Coyotes are smaller than you think. They're small. Like, if there's a pack, I kind of wouldn't want to mess with the pack. But, like, yeah, you one, think? please. That's I why think they're in one packs. one is a
4: maybe. Maybe. Your confidence is, like, making me want to pick the coyote because I think you're a little too confident. But
2: eh. 50-50. Guess I what? Think, you got to be uh, confident you, going to fight. You're, like, minus two and a half against a coyote. You know who's not confident they could win the fight? The coyotes. That's why they're in packs. Okay. All right.
4: If if any coyotes are listening, I'll give you Hyvitz's address.
2: <laughs> oh my god, I, I would it. I, Honestly, I kind of have always wanted a coyote to try me. I'm not gonna lie. Like, not in daylight. I don't really? want babies, but like, I've kind of always wanted to fight a coyote. Yeah. I, yeah, I saw like a group attacking a deer one morning. I was like, I could fight them. One you could take. I don't know about multiple. Is ones. a cheeseburger a sandwich?
4: Oh, that's like the most classic age-old
2: debate. I know. I also think. Tell me if I'm wrong. Is the answer kind of easy? It's like, yes, obviously it's technically a sandwich, but it's like branched off to the point of deserving its own tree. It's like a flightless bird. It's like, yeah, it's a bird, but also like, it's not like the other birds, obviously. It's like
4: how freeways are highways, but highways aren't freeways.
2: Yeah. Is that what he said? Honestly, it was in one ear out the other. I don't even know what the answer was. (laughs) I think it was freeways (laughs) are highways. (laughs) I don't remember. Someone's playing game categories, and they were like, name something scary starting with a W and someone said walrus and they had a three-hour argument on whether walruses should count as scary. Um, (laughs) Also, witch is right there.
4: For the spirit of the game, no. Like, for the purpose of how you're supposed to answer that question, no, a walrus does not qualify. But like, in nature, like in a vacuum, is a walrus a scary thing to confront? Fuck yeah, those things are huge. Massive. Uh, Dude, I've had so many conversations like this I've had, I've had a million conversations. The one that we had the biggest argument in was, um, do you think LeBron James, I guess he's a little older now, but let's say LeBron in his prime was when we first started this argument. If he quit everything and for six months dedicated his life to throwing javelin, all of his time and money, could he win the gold medal in, in javelin throwing, or however you say it?
2: Six months. Probably not. Because the people who've been doing javelin have probably been doing that for like 10 years. It's like, probably not. I think he could. And, and I had a friend who threw
4: javelin in college and he was all upset with me. But I'm like, dude, these javelin players, listen, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very difficult sport. However, they're not going up against the top athletes in the world, not even close. Like LeBron will be the best athlete by far ever to have ever picked up a javelin. You're telling me in six months, if it's all the guy gets up, he practices javelin with a trainer every day and goes to sleep. He does that for six months. He can't, he can't medal. He can't win gold.
2: <laughs> I would, I want to say no, except all those videos I've seen of like, I mean, anytime Ron throws a basketball like it's a football, like you ever seen those, the, the practice video of him full court throw it against the wall to the rim for the alley-oop yeah. to Dwayne Wade in the practice thing? I'm like, man, yeah, he probably could. Because well, this is also <laughs> like the whole thing of like America, like soccer, like wouldn't yes. you be the best in soccer? But like, also, did you when he did, he's doing like the Manning cast now, but like on Amazon Prime. And the first guest they had was like Jalen Ramsey. And it came up whether he could have been football, and he was like, Oh yeah, I could've, I could have been like, you know, Hall of Fame. And Jalen Ramsey was like, we talk about this in the locker room all the time. We all think he would have been too soft. And he was like, What? <laughs> and they were like, How tall are you? He's that. like six eight. Jalen Ramsey was like, mmm, he's like, nah, we we would have messed you up. <laughs> and then LeBron was like, I could have, and then Jalen Ramsey actually came from, he's like, look, man. Be careful because like, you know what the memes are about you right now. Just be careful. It was, it was that. And then Maverick Carter just like lost, it. he fell on the floor laughing.
4: Damn, I gotta check that out. I missed that.
2: Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if you have more dumb arguments from your friends. I love that that Pettis one I thought was so funny.
4: I got one, we had another one. Uh, is walking a sport?
2: Oh, the definition of what's a sport versus what's a game is like like, people get mad. An
4: endless argument.
2: Oh, okay, okay. Um, or the, or, the, or what the word athlete means.
4: Like, if you're a speed walker oh, yeah, in the yo, Olympics, are you an athlete?
2: My friend was, one of my best friends was a runner in college, and my, you know, me and my less athletic friends are like, just the easiest thing in the world is like, running's not a sport. You know, it's a hobby. Yeah. We love your hobby. And it just, it just uh, you know, it just sets them off for like an hour. Yeah, <laughs> I've done that too. It's an instinct. I've been the guy who's like, running's not a sport. Well, Someone wants, because it's like, obviously, you know, you want a definition of like, you know, golf being a sport. And someone once was like, look, anything you can drink a beer during, it's not a sport. Yeah, but like. And that's not know. real, but I kind of always thought about that definition. I mean, half of a
4: baseball game, you're sitting on the bench, even if you're a starter. So.
2: <laughs> baseball, I've been thinking more about baseball. Baseball's so different than every other sport, it's bizarre. Yeah, it is. The defense is in charge of the ball. Dude, like, dude, you used to like
4: sit in the dugout and like drink beer and eat hot dogs during the game. You could <laughs> still do that and probably be fine. <laughs> Curling's like not a sport, right? No, no. I'm sorry. I'm probably offending so many people. I, I don't, I think that's the thing. Everyone gets on right? a lot but of then... skill until their sport gets
2: mentioned and then everybody, and then they get offended. Exactly. We actually got a lot of emails. Don't people. get me started on cheerleading. Well, that's the thing of like competitive, wow. Well, that's the physical activity, right? Because I guess then at that point, like a singing competition, I guess that's art, right? So I guess the question is, is dance art or is it a sport? Because that to me is like right on the line. Is it both? I think
4: cheerleading for the sole purpose of entertaining fans at a game, not a sport. Cheerleading as part of competition against other teams, you can make the case. I think that's, that's a sport. I don't know. How is that different than any
2: other team? I mean, there's no... what dodgeball? Is dodgeball a sport? Dodgeball's a game.
4: Yeah, but if dodgeball was a professional... If if dodgeball was a real league, started tomorrow, and like all the best athletes played, we'd say it was a sport. But it's not. Why? Just because you play in PE and there's no professional version of it right now?
2: Yeah, I think that's definitely... Yeah, that's exactly why. It's not a sport. What's harder,
4: athletically, to play golf or play dodgeball? Probably running, but we're like, that's
2: not a sport. (laughs) 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 Ultra marathoning, definitely harder. Run for a week. All right. Uh, Esports. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's leave. All right. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to everyone who emailed us. Emails at at ringofantasyfootballgmail.com. Various names for nicknames for other people. Uh, What is a sport? What is not? Definitely emails, dumb arguments you have with your friends. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Jesse, for production help. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Jesse, you want to name a band? Yeah, Jesse. Hit us with a band.
1: Uh, thank you, Arctic Monkeys.
4: Nice. That's cool. Better than DK's choices. DK would have picked some random grunge band from Seattle from the 1990s that no one knows. I love Nirvana. No, I'm not talking about Nirvana. <laughs> and I don't think DK has said Nirvana yet, funnily enough. I think she liked the Arctic Monkeys.
2: I do actually my, The same friend Who um, runs Got me into them And um, Jared in the mill Shout out J and the M uh, You know what? The, the one band You know what? This is my chance Also to shout out a band I want to shout out Midland Shout out Midland Excellent oh, is. Country band Midland Texas Drinking problem Sunrise tells the story Fantastic Alright Check them out Maybe Alright goodbye everyone